0: Before the show, a quick word from our sponsor.
1: What is up Bitcoiners? It's CK and I'm here to talk to you about the Bitcoin 2021 conference this June in sunny Miami, Florida. It is gonna be June 4th and 5th, and we are barreling towards a sold out conference. Already one third of our available tickets have been sold and way more than half of our whale passes have been sold. We are almost sold out completely on the whale pass. We have amazing speakers, Jack Dorsey, Chamath, Nick Zabo, Tony Hawk, Peter Todd, many, many more, and many more to be announced. You can go to the website to check them all out. Mayor Suarez has welcomed us into the city with open arms. And again, tickets are flying off the shelves. Seriously, I see the feed and like I've done many conferences. This one is is really has some something going for it. And honestly, guys, like after all this, after 2020, Bitcoiners want to grab a beer, hang out. We're bringing back Bitcoin 2019 vibes times 10 prices times 10. Let's go. Use promo code SATOSHI, all caps, SATOSHI, for 10% off. You can go to the website b.tc backslash conference. Again, that is b.tc backslash conference and get your ticket today. Today, prices also are going up and, hey, we may just sell out. So we have a hard cap. Can't really be flexible there. Don't wait.
0: Live from Utrecht. This is the fan with them, Schors NATO. Hello, Schors. What is your pun of the week?
2: Well, I actually asked you for a pun, and then you said, "Cut, re-edit. We're gonna do it again." So (laughs) So I don't, I don't have a pun this week.
0: (laughs) Puns are your thing. Yeah,
2: we we tried this lot thing last time, and
0: okay, Schors, we're gonna talk a lot this week.
2: We're still gonna get blocked for this.
0: Okay, we talked a lot two weeks ago. Today we're okay. So lot was the parameter we discussed two weeks ago about. now, a lot is true, a lot is false about Taproot activation. We're two weeks further in, and now it seems like the community is somewhat reaching consensus on an activation solution called Speedy Trial, and that's what we're going to s- discuss today. That's right. Should we begin with Speedy Trial? What is it? What is Speedy Trial, sure
2: yeah, I think that's probably a good idea to do. So, with the uh, proposals that we talked about last time for activating Taproot, basically Bitcoin Core release some software maybe in April or something. And then I think this the miners will start signaling using that software in I think it's in August or something. And then they can signal for a year and at the end of the year, you know, the whole thing ends.
0: So That, that was a lot. True or false, and then the exactly. debate was on whether or not it should end with for signaling or not. That's the lot true false thing.
2: Yeah, but the thing uh, to keep in mind here is that the first signaling, you know, would be a while before that starts happening. So until that time, we don't, we really don't know. Right. Essentially. Yeah. So what the speedy trial proposes is to say, well, rather than you know discussing whether or not it's going to be signaling and, and having lots of arguments about it, let's just try that really quickly. So instead, there would be a release. You know, maybe also around April, whatever. There's, of course, there's nobody in charge of actual timelines. Mm-hmm. And in that case, the signaling would start much earlier. I'm not entirely sure when, maybe in May or like pretty early. Mm-hmm. And the signaling would only be for three months. And at the end of three months, it would just give up.
0: And the nice thing it about would end that, on lot falls, basically.
2: Yeah, it's 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 the equivalent of lot falls or just how it used to be with with forks It it signals, but only for a couple months,
0: and then if it isn't activated within these months by hash power, which is gonna be probably 90% hash power. So it's gonna require 90% hash power to activate taproot. If that doesn't happen, then the proposal expires. And when it expires, we can continue our discussion on how to activate taproot. Or if it activates, then what happens?
2: Yeah, so the, the the thing is because you still want to give miners enough time to really upgrade their software the actual Taproot rules won't take effect until September or August.
0: Miners so, and actual users, Bitcoin users Yeah, you want to give everyone, everybody yes.
2: plenty of time to upgrade. So the idea is we would start the signaling actually very quickly, also because miners can basically signal even without installing the software but then once you know once the signal threshold has been reached then the software is sort of set in stone is going to happen at least if people run the full nodes and then there's still some time for people to upgrade and for miners to really upgrade and run that new software rather than just signal for it
0: yeah so to, so to recap they could
2: they could run that software but they might not and that's why it's sort of okay to release a bit early
0: but they should really be running the software if they're signaling, right?
2: Well, they, they should, no. I let's, think Let's get case, into they that
0: get, later. We can
2: get into that later.
0: Okay, so for now, to recap really briefly, speedy trial means release the software fairly fast and quickly after it is released, start the signaling period for three months, which is then relatively short for a signaling period. See if 90% of miners agree. If they do, Taproot activates six months after the initial release of the software, I think. Mm-hmm if 90 percent of miners don't activate within three months the proposal expires and we can continue the discussion on how to activate uh, right, Taproots. then, then we're just
2: basically back to where we were a few weeks ago but with more data
0: right exactly so i want to briefly touch on how we got here because we discussed the whole true false lot thing and there appeared to be a gridlock and I think because some people definitely didn't want lot true, some people definitely didn't want lot false, and then a third proposal entered the mix, which was it, it was always sort of it wasn't brand new, but it wasn't a major part of the discussion, which was a simple flag day. So a simple flag day would have meant that the Bitcoin core code would have included a date in the future or block block height in the future. At which point the taproots upgrades would activate, regardless of hash power, up until that point.
2: Yeah, which I find an even worse idea. But I don't know. You know, when when there's a lot of debate, people start just proposing stuff.
0: Well, I I think the the reason is that the reason that we reached this sort of gridlock situation where people feel very strongly about different ideas has a lot to do with what happens during the SegWit upgrade. And we've discussed this before, but people have very different ideas of what actually happened. Some people feel very strongly that users show their muscles, users claim their sovereignty, users claims back the protocol, and they basically forced miners to activate the the SegWit upgrade and it was a huge victory for Bitcoin users and then other people feel very strongly that Bitcoin came near a complete disaster with a fractured network and people losing money and a big mess and so the the first group of people really kind of likes doing a UESF again or starting with false and switching to true or maybe just starting with true or something like that and people think it was a big mess they kind of prefer to just use a flag day this time you know nice and safe in a way just use a flag day none of this minor signaling so buyers also can't be forced to signal and all of that so these different views on what actually happened a couple couple years ago now means people can't really agree on a new active agent proposal so after a lot of discussion all factions were sort of willing to settle on speedy trial, even though no one really likes it for a couple of reasons, which we'll also get into. But you know, the USF people, they kind of they're kind of okay with speedy trial because it doesn't really get in the way of the USF. If the speedy trial fails, they'll still just do the USF next year. The Flag Day people are sort of okay because the three months doesn't allow for a big enough window to do the UESF, probably. And the USF people have said that, you know, that's too fast indeed, and let's do this trial anyways.
2: And there's also still the loudest false, let's just do softworks the way we've done them before, where they might just expire. Group of people that yeah. were aside, quietly mm. continuing to work on the actual code that could do that. So it's, it's you know, just from mailing lists and Twitter, it's even hard to gauge what's really going on. This is a very short timescale.
0: Yeah, the, the lot is false people. You know, this is basically lot is false, just on a shorter timescale. So everyone's sort of willing to settle on this, even though no one really likes it. Well, from the point of view that I'm seeing, I'm
2: actually looking at the code that's being written. And what I have noticed is that once a speedy trial proposal came out, more people came out of the woodworks and started writing code that could actually get this done. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was mostly Luke, I think, writing that one pull request.
0: That's Bip eight or...
2: Yeah, BIP-8. So now, and I guess we can get into the technical details, but what I'm trying to say is that this one thing that shows that the speedy trial seems like a good idea is that there's more developers from different angles cooperating on it and getting things done a little bit more quickly. Mm-hmm. Right? When you have some disagreement, then people start procrastinating, not reviewing things or not writing things. So, But that's, that's kind of a vague indicator of this seems to be okay because people are working on it quickly and it's making progress, so that's good.
0: Right. Yeah, so... D- some some technical details. I think you wanna get into, right?
2: Yeah. So so the idea of this speedy trial can be implemented in two different ways. You can use the existing bip 9 system that we already have. Yes. And and the argument for that would be well, that's far less code because it, it already works and it's just for three months. So why not just use the old bip 9 code?
0: Bib9 used date uh, date into the future, right? Yeah. So, so you would sp- tell
2: when it when the when the signaling could start when the signaling times out. And there's some annoying edge cases there where like, if it ends right around the deadline, but then there's a reorg, and it ends right before the deadline, and then people's money might get lost if they try to get into the first taproot block. And yeah, it's because, just difficult to explain because to
0: Because the thing is, the signaling happens per difficulty period of 2016 blocks. Mm-hmm. And then at least up till now, 95% of blocks needed to signal support. But these two block periods, you know, they don't neatly fit into exact dates or anything. They just happen. But right. while the sign- signaling period does start and end on specific dates, so then that's why you can get weird edge cases. Yeah,
2: and- so, so let's do a little example there because it's kind of fun to illustrate. Let's say the deadline of this soft fork is on September 1st. Pick a date. For signaling mm-hmm. on September 1st at midnight UTC. Now, a miner mines block number, what was it? Uh, 2016. <laughs> you know, some multiple of 2016, because that's when, that's when the voting ends. And they mine this block one second before midnight UTC. And they signal yes. And so everybody who sees that block says, okay, we have 95% or whatever it is right before midnight. Taproot's active. And so they have this automatic script that says I'm going to now put all my savings in a Taproot address because I want to be in the first block and I'm feeling reckless and I love being reckless. And then there is a, you know, another miner who mines 2 seconds later because they didn't see that, you know, recent block because, you know, there can be stale blocks. And they their block arrives at 1 second past midnight. And it votes positive two. But it's too late. And so the software does not activate because the signaling was not done before midnight at the deadline. That's a subtlety you get with dip nine. And you know, usually it's not a problem. But it's difficult to explain these edge cases to people.
0: And it gets a bigger problem, I say maybe with shorter signaling periods as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, of course. If there's a longer signaling period, it's less likely yeah. that the signal is gonna arrive just at the edge of a period.
0: Yeah. About the threshold, is that still going to be wh- because I thought it was going to be 90% this time, or is it? Well,
2: so that's a separate thing. So, first, let's talk about regardless of the threshold, there's two mechanisms. Okay, sure. So, so one mm. is based on time. That's BIP9. You know, easy because we already have the code for it. Downside is all these weird things that you need to explain to people. And, you know, nowadays, soft forks in Bitcoin are so important that maybe CNN wants to write about it. And it's <laughs> nice if you can actually explain it without sounding like a complete nerd. But the alternative is to say, okay, let's just use these this new BIP8 that was proposed anyway, and that uses height. And we ignore all the lot is true stuff, but the height stuff is very useful. And then mm-hmm. it's much simpler. We're just saying, as of this block height, that's when the signaling ends, and the that height is always at the edge of, of these uh, retargeting periods. And so that that's just easier to reason about. It's just saying, okay, if the signaling is achieved by a block, I don't know, four, uh, 700,321 you know then it happens or it doesn't happen and even if there's a reork that could still be a problem by the way because there could be a reork at the same height that but then the the difference would be that it would activate because we just made the precisely 95% and then there's a reork and that minor votes no and then it doesn't activate
0: right so you still but that's, that not, was, yeah, but that was yeah that was still case, that's also true with bip 9 so it's just you removed one yeah. edge case, you have one edge case less, which right. is better.
2: In BIP9, you could have the same scenario, exactly one vote. Uh, if it's if it's just at the edge, one minor votes yes, one minor votes no. But the much bigger problem with BIP9 is that if the time on the block is one second after midnight or before this matters, even if they're way over the threshold. So they might have 99.999%, but that last block comes in too late. And so the entire period is disqualified. So then you might be like with an election... You're looking at all the votes and you're saying, okay, it's got 97% support. It's going to happen. And then that last block is just too late and it doesn't happen. So again, yeah. it's difficult to explain, but we don't have this problem with height-based activation.
0: Yeah, so I guess the biggest disadvantage of using BIP-8 is that... It- the code isn't, it's it's a bigger change as far as code comes. Yeah, yeah,
2: but to be honest, I, I have actually looked at that code yesterday and wrote some tests for it. And Andrew Chow and Luke Dasher have already implemented a lot of it. It's, it's already been reviewed by people. It is actually not too bad. It's It looks like 50 lines of code. However, you know, if there's a bug in it, it's, it's really, really bad. So just because it's only a few lines of code doesn't mean it might be safer to use something that already is out there. But I'm not terribly worried
0: about it right and so and then there's the hash power threshold yes that's is it 90 or 95 or i think in the
2: current proposal so what's what's being implemented now in bitcoin core is the general mechanism so it is saying for any software that you call speedy trial you could for example use 90 Mm percent. but for taproot you know the code that is for taproot in bitcoin core just says it never activates that's sort of the way you indicate, like, the software is in the code, but it's not going to happen yet. Sure. And it stays, never activates. So, And these numbers are arbitrary. So the code will support 70% or 95%, you know, as long as it's not some imaginary number or more than 100% or, you know.
0: It's worth pointing out that in the end, it's always 51% effectively because 51% of miners can always decide to orphan non-signaling blocks but, yeah but there's
2: and create a mess but they could yeah.
0: yeah yeah i'm just you know it's a it's something to be aware of that miners can always do that if they would choose to
2: yeah but the general principle that's being built now is that at least we could do a slightly lower threshold and i get there might be still some discussion of whether or not that's safe or not
0: and then the final detail but hang on 90 it's not settled yet 90 or 95 as far as you know i don't think so okay
2: but, you know, you can have some arguments in favor for it because, but we'll get into that with the risk section. And the other thing, the final thing that's... Well, we can there,
0: mention real briefly that the the benefit of having a higher threshold is that a lower risk of orphan blocks after activation. Yes. That, that's mainly the reason.
2: But because we are doing a delayed activation, so there's a long time between signaling and activation, whereas normally it's, you signal and it immediately activates when the signaling, or at least within just two weeks, it activates. Yeah. But right now it can take much much longer. So that means miners that, have uh, a longer time to upgrade so there's a little less risk of orphaning even if you have a lower signaling threshold.
0: True. Okay, and I think that was the first point you wanted to get at anyways, right? Yeah. Uh, the delayed activation. Yeah.
2: So what happens normally is you tally the votes in the last difficulty period if it's more than whatever the threshold is, then the state of the software goes from started, as in we know about it, we're counting, to locked in. And the state locked in will normally last for two weeks or one retargeting period. And then the rules actually take effect. And what happens with speedy trial, the delayed activation part, is that this locked in state will go on for much longer. It might be go on for months. So it's locked in for months and then the rules actually take effect. And this change is only two lines of code, so that's quite nice.
0: Right. Okay. Should we get to some of the downsides of this proposal?
2: Yeah, some of the some of the risks. Yeah. Uh, I think the first one we kind of briefly mentioned, because this thing is deployed quite quickly, and because it's very clear that the activation of the rules is delayed, there is an incentive for miners to just signal rather than actually install the code. And then they could procrastinate on actually installing the software. And that's fine unless they procrastinate so long that they forget to actually enforce the rules.
0: Yeah, which sounds quite bad to me, Sure.
2: Yeah, but yeah, that, that is bad. I agree. Uh, of You're, course, it's it, always that, possible for miners to just signal and not actually enforce the rules, right? This, this risk exists with any software deployment.
0: Yes, miners can always just signal, fake signal, and that has happened in the past. We've seen fake signaling. It was the BIP66 soft fork, where we learned later that miners were fake signaling, in fact, because we saw big reorgs on the network. So that is definitely something we would want to avoid.
2: Yeah, and I think we briefly explained this earlier, but we can explain it again. Bitcoin Core, if you use that to create your blocks as a miner, There are some safety mechanisms in place to make sure that you do not create a block that is invalid. However, if another miner creates a block that is invalid, you will mine on top of it. And then you have a problem, because the full nodes that are enforcing Taproot will reject your block. And presumably, most of the ecosystem, if this signaling thing works, will upgrade. But then you get into this whole very scary situation where you really hope that that's true. And, and that not, you know, a massive part of the economy is too lazy to upgrade, and you get a complete
0: mess. Yes, correct.
2: And I think that the term we used, we talked about, is the idea of a troll, basically a troll. So you could have a troll user. Let's say I'm a mean user, and I'm going to create a transaction that is looks like a taproot transaction, but it is actually invalid according to taproot rules. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that works like the mechanism in Bitcoin to do soft forks is that you have this version number in your SegWit transaction. And so you say, this is a SegWit version one transaction. And nodes know that you're allowed to, when you see a SegWit version you don't know about, a higher version than you know about.
0: Or Taproot version.
2: Well, a SegWit version. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. So current version of SegWit is version zero, because we're nerds. And if you see a SegWit version transaction with one or higher, you assume that anybody can spend that money. That means that if somebody is spending from that address, you don't care, you don't consider the block invalid as an old node. But a you know node that is aware of the version will check the rules. So what you could do as a troll is you could create a, a broken Schnorr signature, for example. You just take your Schnorr signature and you swap one byte. Mm-hmm. Then if that is seen by an old node, it says, oh, this is SegWit version one, I, I don't know what that is, it's fine. Anybody can spend this, so I'm not going to check the signature. But the taproot nodes will say, hey, wait a minute, that's an invalid signature. Therefore, that's an invalid block. And we have a problem. Now, there's a protection mechanism there that normal miners will not mine SegWit transactions that they don't know about.
0: So they will not mine SegWit version 1 if they're not upgraded. Isn't it also the case that regular nodes will just not forwards the transaction to other nodes.
2: That's another safety mechanism. Right,
0: so there are two safety mechanisms. They're basically saying,
2: hey, dear other node, I don't think you want to just give your money away. (laughs) Or alternatively, you're trying to do something super sophisticated that I don't understand. There's something called standardness. If you're doing something that is not standard, I'm not going to relay it. That is not a consensus rule. And that's important. It means that you can compile your node to relay those things, and you can compile your miner to mine these things, But it's like, you know, it's a food gun if you don't know what you're doing. But it's not against consensus. However, when a transaction is in a block, then you are dealing with consensus rules. And that, again, means that old nodes will look at it and say, I don't care, I'm not going to check the signature because that's a higher version than I know about. Mm -hmm. But the nodes that are upgraded will say, hey, wait a minute, this block contains a transaction that's invalid. This block is invalid. And so a troll user doesn't really stand a chance to do much damage.
0: No, because the transaction won't make it over the peer-to-peer network. And even if it does, it would only make it to miners that will still reject it. So troll user probably can't do much harm.
2: So our troll example of a user that swaps one byte in a uh, Schnorr signature, he tries Mm. to send this transaction, he sends it to a node that is upgraded. That node will say, that's invalid, go away, I'm going to ban you now. Or maybe not ban, but definitely gets angry. But if if he sends it to a node that is not upgraded, that node will say, I don't know about this whole new Segwit version of yours. Go away. Don't send me this modern stuff. I'm like really old school. Send me old stuff. And so the transaction doesn't go anywhere, but maybe somehow it does end up with a miner. Then the miner says, well, I'm not going to mine this thing that I don't know about. That's dangerous because I might lose all my money. However, you may have a troll miner. Now that would be very, very expensive trolling. But, you know, we have billionaires in this ecosystem. So if you mine a block that is invalid, it's going to cost you a few hundred thousand euros, I think, at the current prices, maybe even more.
0: Yeah, 300,000 something.
2: Yeah. So, but if you have 300,000 euros to burn, you could make a block like that and just challenge the ecosystem and say, hey, here's a block. Let me see if you actually verify it. Then if you're a miner, so then, you know, if, if, that block goes to nodes that are upgraded those will reject it if that block goes to nodes that are not upgraded it's fine it's accepted but then if somebody mines on top of it if that miner has not upgraded they will not check it they will build on top of it and then eventually the ecosystem will probably reject that entire chain and and it becomes a mess so then you really 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 want a very large majority of miners to really check the blocks not just mine blindly in general, I mean, there are already problems with miners just blindly mining on top of other miners, if even for a few seconds, for for like economic reasons.
0: Yeah, so that was a long tangent on the problems with false signaling, which yes. because all of this would only happen if miners are false signaling. Yeah, and false if
2: signaling. We- for to be clear, it's not some malicious act; it's just a lazy, convenient thing. You say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I'll do my homework. You know. I'll 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 send you that memo in time. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, I haven't upgraded yet, but I will upgrade and you won't know the nif- difference for now. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Fair. yeah, that's that's sort of the risk of uh, false signaling. Yeah.
2: It could be deliberate too, but that would have to be a pretty large conspiracy then.
0: Yeah, I guess one one other sort of concern, one risk that has been mentioned is that using lot falls in general just could Help users launch a UESF because they could run a UESF client with LOT True and then incentivize miners to signal, like we just mentioned. And that would not only mean they would fork off to their own software themselves, but basically activate the software for the entire economy. That's not a problem in itself. But some people, I think, consider it a problem if users are incentivized to try a UESF. Yeah, do so you understand the, that problem?
2: I guess if if we Was go for this bip 8 approach, right? if we don't if we switch to using block height rather than timestamps,
0: it is slightly- or, or flag high, oh, flag day.
2: Well, the speedy trial doesn't use a flag day.
0: I know. I'm saying that if you do a flag day, You cannot do a USF that triggers something else.
2: Well, yeah. Well, you could maybe. Why not?
0: What would you trigger?
2: Well, you can basically run like there. There is a flag day out there, but you deploy software that requires signaling.
0: That's what yes. That's what USF people would be running.
2: Yeah, they they can run that anyway. Even if there's a flag day, they can decide to run a software that requires signaling, even though nobody will signal probably, but they could.
0: Absolutely. But they cannot co-opt, to call it that, lot false nodes if there's only a flag day out there.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So they, they would require the signaling, but the lot false nodes that are out there would be like, not even lot false, like the flag day nodes that are out there would be like, okay, I don't know why you're not accepting these blocks, but there's no signal. There's nothing to activate there's just my flag day and I'm gonna wait for my flag day.
0: Yes, and I don't want to get into the weeds too much, but if there are no lot false nodes to co-ops, then miners could just false signal. So now the USF nodes are activating taproot, but the rest of the network still hasn't got taproot activated. So now if the USF nodes ever send coins To a taproot address they're gonna lose their coins at least on the rest of the network
2: and they wouldn't get this reorg advantage that they think they have this sounds even more complicated than the stuff we talked about two weeks
0: ago that's that's yes that's why i mentioned i'm getting a little bit into the weeds now but do do you get the problem but but why is this a is this an argument for or
2: against the flag day
0: this is an this is basically well depends on your perspective
2: that of somebody who does not want bitcoin to implode in a huge fire and would like to see taproot activate it
0: if you don't like UASFs if you don't want people to do UASFs then you might also not want lot as false nodes out there mm.
2: yeah okay so you're saying if you really like mm. want to not see UASF exist at all yeah i'm not terribly worried about these things existing what you know what i especially talked about 2 weeks ago is I'm not gonna contribute to them, probably.
0: Right. And you know. The, okay, the, so I just I yeah. just wanted to mention that that is one argument against Lottie's fault that I've seen out there. Not an argument I agree with myself either, but I've I've seen the argument. And I think actually, what you're
2: saying is it's an argument for not using signaling but using a flag day. Yes. Yeah.
0: So you know, even speedy trial uses signaling, yes. and while it's shorter you know, it might still be long enough to throw a USF against it. Yeah, and example. it is
2: compatible with that, right? It, it, because it uses signaling, it is perfectly compatible with somebody deploying a Lattice True system and making a lot of noise about it, yeah. But I guess in this case, even the strongest Lattice True proponents, one of them at least, argued that it would be completely reckless to, to do that. So it sounds like... Yeah,
0: yeah, there are no USF proponents out there right now who think this is a good idea. Right. As, as far as I know, at least.
2: Yeah, so so far there are not. But we talked about, in September, I think, we talked about this cowboy theory. So I'm sure there's somebody out there that will try a UASF, even on the speedy trial.
0: You can't exclude the possibility, at least. Well, and So then there, there's another argument against speedy trial, which is, and I find this argument quite compelling, actually, mm-hmm. which is that we came out of 2017 with a lot of, uncertainty and i just mentioned the uncertainty at the beginning of this episode i I mentioned some of it at least that some people thought the usf was a great success some people thought it was a reckless thing that happened uh, yep i think you know both are partly true or there's truth to to all of it now we have a soft fork taproot that everyone seems to love Users seem to like it, developers seem to like it, miners seem to like it, everyone likes it. The only thing we need to do is upgrade it. Now might be a very good opportunity to sort of clean up the mess from 2017 in a way, agree on what soft forks are exactly, what is the best way to deploy a soft fork, and then use that because that way it sort of becomes a template that we can use in more contentious times in the future when maybe there's another civil war going on or there's more FUD being thrown at Bitcoin or, you know, we seem to be in calm waters right now. Maybe this is a really good time to do it right, which will help us moving into the future. While Speedy Trial, you know, no one thinks this is actually the right way. It's sort of a fine, we need something, so let's do it. But, you know, we might arguably it's it's arguably kicking the can of the really big discussion we need to have down the road
2: yeah maybe so one scenario I could see is where the speedy trial goes through activates successfully and the taproot deployment goes through and everything is fine then I think that would remove that trauma and then the next software would be done in the nice and old traditional Lottis Falls, BIP8 we will we'll, you know, we'll release something and then Several months later, minors start signaling and it'll activate. And so maybe it's a way to get over the trauma.
0: Yeah, maybe you think this is a way to get over the post-traumatic stress disorder. Just let everyone see that minors can actually activate.
2: Yeah, it, it might be good to get rid of that tension because the the, the downside of releasing, you know, regular, say, BIP-8, Lottis Falls mechanism is that it's going to be six months of Hoping that miners are going to signal, and then hopefully just two weeks and it's done. Right. But that six months where everybody's anticipating it, people are just going to go even crazier than they are now, perhaps. So I guess it's a nice way to say, you know, let's get this trauma over with. But there are, I think there are downsides. For one thing, what if in the next six months we find a bug in Taproot? Because we have six months to think about something that is already. We, we can soft fork activated. it out. If, if, if that is a bug that can be fixed in the software yes
0: i think any taproot you can just burn the that that type of
2: yeah i guess you could add a software that says no version one addresses yes exactly combined. i think that should be possible right yeah so uh-huh. i guess it is possible to nuke taproot yeah it, this, this, is pretty, this is a old pretty scary this is a pretty minor concern for me well yeah it is and it isn't because old nodes that or old nodes like notes that are released now basically with that will know about this speedy trial they'll think typeboard is active they might create receive addresses and send coins but then yeah their transactions won't confirm or they'll confirm and then get unconfirmed but they might get swept no they won't get swept away because i guess the software will say you cannot spend this money it's not anyone can spend this like you cannot spend this yeah so it is protected in that sense so yeah i, I suppose there, there are software ways out of a mess but that are not as nice as saying aboard, abort, aboard, abort, don't signal. Right? If if we use the normal BIP 8 mechanism, you still mind to start signaling, you can just say do not signal.
0: Sure. Any any final thoughts, Shores? What are your expectations? Are we gonna what's gonna happen?
2: I don't know, I'm happy to see progress on the code. So at least we've got, you know, actual code and then we'll decide what to do with it yeah i would say uh then thank you for listening to the van weirdom shores nato
0: there you go